Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, October 5th. I almost said September. Can't believe it's October already. We are here live. It is time for a, another episode of Destination Health. We've got a special treat for you today, a returning guest. So we're going to jump right into it and bring him in. I want to welcome back Dr. Guillermo Ruiz. Dr. Ruiz, welcome back. Hey, how's it going, man? Well, great to have you here. It's been a couple of years. A couple things have changed, haven't they? I know, I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness, a couple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, a lot has changed in the past two years, you know. Uh, you know, they don't call it practicing medicine for a reason, you know. It's... Uh, it's it, it really you hone your skill, you know, and the and the more you know, the less you think you do. There you go. That's a good way of looking at it. So uh, catch us up to speed. Tell us, pretend we don't know anything. We have a lot of new listeners. Tell us about your practice. Yeah. So uh, I'm a naturopathic doctor practicing out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and you know, uh, I I like. Uh, you know, I'm a ones and zeros kind of guy, you know, very science, you know, based. And, and I used to work at a level one trauma center for kids in Orlando, Florida. And I just didn't kind of like what, what I was seeing, you know, you know, the emergency department, it's a, it's a, it's a place of miracles, you know, miracles happen there. You know, I've seen yeah. things that you can't even imagine. You can't even describe, but you know, you pat, you patch a kid, you patch it, you know, an adult, um, and then you send them home and that's it. You know, you never know the outcomes of what happened. You know, I'm going to tell you a little story that happened, you know, about 12 years ago, we had this little girl, you know, nine, nine, probably nine years old. She came to the, to the hospital and, uh, she had a, a UTI, you know? So I, I, I was an EMT in the, in the emergency department and I, I was, trying to be proactive. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to run her urine, her uh, urinalysis to see if there's bacteria in her, uh, in her urine or, or something else. You know? yeah. So anyways, I run the urine and uh, she had super ultra high levels of glucose in her, wow. in her urine. Okay. Yeah, in in it makes a lot of sense because bacteria like sugars, <laughs> right? You know, but but this little girl at nine years old had diabetes. Oh, oh. and yeah, so so you know, so the, the the doctor comes in, you know, and 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 we go into the room, and it's a five minute exchange of yeah, you know, yeah, thanks for bringing her, you know this. You know, let's treat her right now. Let's do an antibiotic. Um, if we don't treat this, it's gonna, it can get really serious, and, and you know, it can go into a kidney infection, and she could have to be hospitalized, or you know, or whatever, going to organ failure. Here's a card for a uh, for an endocrinologist. Um, see ya. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, that's just you awful. Know? And then, yeah. So, so I didn't accept the model of here's your medicine, you know, uh, eat healthy and exercise. Uh, and then you come back in six months, you know, and let's see what happens. Right. You know, I don't accept that model. 
So, so I, I was thinking to myself, you know, um, what if there was this type of medicine where I could do, you know, some, some real nutrition, you know, and we could talk about the real obstacles to help, you know, instead of saying, you know, here's your medicine, you know, what about like, Hey dude, stop eating like a dummy, you know, um, you know, and then use, use, you know, Use supplements and then use your, you know, medications when necessary because there are times where necessary. You know, the other day, absolutely, I woke yeah. up with a blocked tear duct, you know, and and I called one of my friends and I got a little bit of like a, a steroid, you know, for my eye because my eye was like swollen shot. Um, and uh, and guess what? My eye was awesome, you know, like uh, eight hours later, you know, but I, you know, I couldn't have done that with just, you know, prayer and, uh, right. and uh, uh, a supplement, you know, uh, so sometimes you need those, those shortcuts, you know, but at the end, you know, I got to figure out why did my ear duct get clogged, you know, why, you know, to, in order for me to prevent it. And it turns out that I've been permanently dehydrated, you know, it's been really dry in Arizona, and I haven't been minding my electrolytes. Ah. You know, so I'm a little bit more aware of what's going on. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, you know, the, this idea of our, our medical system and uh, the emergency room, I lived in Orlando for 14 years. Um, it, ah. it really is amazing. I mean, my life was saved by a trauma center. When I was younger, I got in a horrible motorcycle accident. I would have died. Um, modern medicine saved my life. Just a couple years ago, I crushed, yeah, no. crushed my hand between a couple rocks. It's amazing what they did. You yeah. know, my, my hand could have been deformed for no. the rest of my life. They put it back together. Works amazing. It just, um, amazed. Our, our, our medical system when it comes to emergency medicine is just incredible, that's why it's almost so shocking that when it comes to everyday health, they are so horrible. It's 180 degrees. They're so good at one thing, and they just suck at keeping us healthy. We should stop well, calling it our health care well, system. We should just call it our sick care system. <laughs> it's managed care for a reason, you know. And, and, and listen, you know, it's it, they are nothing short but... But, but heroes, they're heroes, you know, uh, and, and even, even in general practice, you know, are, are my colleagues, my friends who are MDs, who are, you know, uh, they, they, they are basically stuck between a rock and a hard place, you know, because, um, it is insurance, an insurance run business, you know, and when you have a third party, dictating what you can and you cannot do within the confines of your practice, uh, you get into trouble of too many people trying to figure out what to do with a, with a person that is not doing well. Yeah. Well, and doesn't the pharmaceutical industry create an awful lot of influence in how we practice medicine? Listen, you know, uh, I get people that come into, you know, the office and they try to, you know, it, it's it's a really, really insane process that happens. You know, you have someone coming into your practice with lunch, you know, hey, can I speak to the doctor, you know, and they bring you a nice lunch. Right. And, and I'm not kidding, you know, they they give you 
you know, this new medication, you know, this new great medication that just came out last, you know, month or right. last year. And it's amazing. And uh, I'm going to give you some samples for your, you know, for your uh, patients to try, you know. And then you go look at the price of the drug and you're talking about something that is thousands of dollars a month. Yeah. Okay. When there, there could be other drugs that do something similar. And I'm not saying that the studies don't show that maybe this new drug is better, you know, but if you can get 90% of the benefit paying $5 a month for a drug versus, versus hooking up someone, you know, the first, the first hit is free. Uh, and then having to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for the rest of your life, you know? So, yeah. And then, and then again, you know, it's like, yeah, drugs are awesome, you know, but you know, what happens, you know, when, uh, when you're just covering a symptom, you know, and you're not really getting to the root cause of the disease process. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like most drugs on the market today don't address the root cause. They cover up symptoms. The one class of drugs that really does seem to have an impact on the root cause, and we've screwed those up pretty bad, um, antibiotics. They actually do something. They they yeah. they get to the root. Well, I mean, we could say that there's another root cause. Why was the bacteria there in the first place? Sometimes uh, bacteria is just yeah. present. I mean, we're yeah. it's it's around. It's in the world. And uh, but we've look at how bad we've screwed up that class of drugs. Well, listen, I do a lot of work uh, in, in the lab, you know, uh, so I, I'm a researcher and I've published papers. And I, maybe I can send you a couple of my presentations. I'd love to, yeah. On love how, to see you know, how herbs, you know, act like, you know, like bacteria and, and like antibiotics, you know. And it's, it's a double-edged sword, you know. Uh, we have been cursed. You know, and blessed at the same time, you know, with Ian Fleming, who uh, who uh, discovered, you know, by mistake, penicillin. You know, uh, you got to remember that before the invention of penicillin, having a cut that that got a little bit, you know, infected could have been a death sentence. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then this dude, you know, messes up his experiment. There's a little bit of uh, of mold growing on his petri dish, and he's like, "Oh my goodness, this mold is killing all the bacteria." He cultures it, purifies it, and boom, we have penicillin, okay? And then um, we, we start to think that we can get this silver bullet, just like penicillin was towards infection, that we can get a silver bullet for diabetes, a silver bullet for, uh, you know, uh, Alzheimer's, a silver bullet for autism, the problem is that, yeah, you know, in the case of antibiotics, it is a single factor that is causing the infection. You remove that factor and that's it, you know. The problem is that things like diabetes, Alzheimer's, you know, arthritis, things like that are multifactorial, meaning lifestyle plays a little bit into it. You know, your genetics plays a little bit into it, you know, um, your your mood, you know, the, the way that you eat, you know, all that plays into it. And we are never going to find a single silver bullet that covers all of those aspects, all those factors. But we are so enamored because let me tell you, it's easier to take a pill than to change your whole life. 
you know? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you know, in, and then, and so then what happens, we start abusing antibiotics and now bacteria is resistant to those antibiotics. And guess what? My research was to prove that plants acted as antibiotics. Okay. But the coolest thing that I ever did with my research was to prove that bacteria can become resistant even to herbal antibiotics. Ah. Uh. You know, so right. that was another thing to unpack. Yeah. You know. Yeah, just because it's natural doesn't mean well, we can abuse that either. Correct. You know, we, we still need to, you know, use those herbs judiciously. You know, the if we could come up with a silver bullet against a lot of these kind of lifestyle diseases we're seeing now, um, the closest thing we have would be the proper human diet, Right. Yeah, 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 definitely. The, 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 and, you know, and, and we hyper-focus on diet. I just did a presentation uh, in L.A. about that, you know, and how, like, everything is important. Yeah. Uh, listen, you asked me what changed, you know, 10 years ago. I would have said, oh, calories don't matter, <laughs> you know, as long as you're eating a paleo or, you know, like, that's all that matters. You know, and, and, and 10, 10 years later, you know, today... If you ask me, you know, you, I would say that sleep matters, diet matters. Unfortunately, calories matter. You know, uh, and and I would have fucked myself ten years ago by saying that little sentence. Yeah, I, I, I agree. One of the things you just mentioned, I read an interesting article, and I want to come back to stress. I want to kind of focus on stress today, actually, and and some of the other things you oh, do. Excellent. Um, I've been working on stress for about two years, pretty deep, you know, researching, mm-hmm. testing things. And my next, and I think I've made some pretty big breakthroughs on stress and how we look at it. I want to get your opinion on that. Um, my next project is sleep. Um, I, I want to f- learn mm-hmm. as much as I possibly can about sleep. And I've been doing a pretty deep dive into sleep for a couple of years. I'm not sure that there's a whole lot left for me to read, but I read a really interesting article this morning and I think I tend to agree with it. And it's kind of a crazy approach. You know, the whole concept of sleep hygiene, you know, I have a list of 87 things you should do that will help you sleep better. And it's all around sleep hygiene. You know, the, the room temperature, the, you know, do you have any light? Are there EMFs? So all these different things, sound. Um, there's all these great ideas, and they all sound really logical. And I'm sure that they have an impact. But this author's thought was, look, if your sleep is really broken, and a lot of people it really is today, sleep is a big issue, and it's gotten worse just in the last couple of years. Um, if that's the case, none of that stuff is going to do much. That, you know, that's kind of like Nothing the, is gonna matter. The, the window dressing. It, you know, yeah, if you put a little piece of tape over that red light in your bedroom, um, that's really not going to solve your sleep problem. So th- the idea was that it's purely schedule and, and the way we live today. That if we would, you know, if we could fix our schedule that that's like the first hurdle to overcome that one, we need to be getting up earlier. It's just the natural human cycle. And we shouldn't even attempt to go to sleep until like 16 hours after we've been awake. 
And that's a challenge for a lot of people. You know, sun exposure. Yeah, right. Sun exposure is super necessary, you know. Uh, and then it becomes kind of like, you know, like a dog, like it, 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 two things at once, you know. Uh, have you ever seen people wearing those yellow glasses? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So those block blue light, you know, but, it, it, you know, even when I was in medical school, whenever someone is wearing those yellow glasses during the day, you're blocking blue light that helps create cortisol. Cortisol is a good thing if it's managed properly. Right. You know, so like during the day, first thing in the morning, we need to expose ourselves to that blue light, you know? Correct. Um, yeah. You know, going back to the, to the whole, um, yeah, let, let, let's talk a little bit about the benefits of blue light. Okay. Because we hear a lot about all oh, blue light is bad for you, bad for you, bad for you, you know? And I'm not talking about fluorescent lights or the light coming from your uh, from your screen. I'm talking about our sun, you know. Um, so vitamin D deficiency, okay? You can you can type vitamin D and any disease process, and you'll probably find the link. For example, a lot of people that have diabetes have very low levels of vitamin D. Vitamin D helps buffer some of the inflammation. But a low vitamin D doesn't cause diabetes. You know, you're so inflamed, you you know, you start utilizing a little bit more of that vitamin. Okay, I, I, I have an interesting uh, story about this, and it, it's one of those. Yeah, it could oh, have been a coincidence kind of thing, but I don't think so. So eight years ago, when I changed the way I ate and really got into health and knew right away vitamin D was important and, you know, tried to get all of my vitamin D from the sun and diet, just couldn't do it. I tried everything and it wasn't working. Exactly. So I did start yeah. supplementing. And in the last eight years, and, and I will say as an adult, I have not been sick a lot. As a child, I was sick all the time. As an adult, yeah. uh, not so much. I was doing better. Um, once I changed the way I was eating and living, getting sick went away completely. I mean, I could be around all the sick people. It didn't matter. I just didn't get sick for eight years. This last year, at the beginning of the year, I took a long road trip. I was on the road for about uh, three months, and I decided to try an experiment. I don't know what I was thinking. I stopped all supplements. I don't take a lot. I take vitamin D. I take a, a mineral supplement. Um, and then I test a lot of stuff here and there, but I, I don't take a lot of supplements on a regular basis. So I thought, you know what? What if I just quit? What, are these supplements really doing any good? So I'm just going to quit while I'm on the road. We'll see what happens. I was trying a bunch. Of, I got so sick. First time in eight years. Four days, <laughs> I was just, I, I almost was non-functioning for about four days. I got so sick. Yeah, no, let me, let me tell you, you know, supplements, supplement a healthy diet. And I drill this into my patients. Uh, we are not going to out-supplement a, a good diet, or a, a bad diet. We're not going to out-supplement yep. a fast food diet, okay? The problem is this. Even if we eat a very clean diet, our poor soil, we have mistreated Mother Earth so much that we might not even have, if we try. You know, we are living in boxes with fluorescent light, yeah. and yeah. we are inside, you know, in front of computers. That is unnatural. Yes. Okay. I live in, in, in Phoenix, Arizona. I get more sun in Phoenix, Arizona than I ever did when I lived in Florida. And I feel healthier. And guess what? 
Last time I checked my vitamin D, I was a little bit outside of the functional range. So I do <laughs> take a little bit of vitamin D. Right. But my goal is to, you know, it, it's, it, you know, you guys understand cars, you know, having a number on a paper that tells you how many cars are on the road, you know, like how many molecules of vitamin D are in your blood. Right. Okay. Doesn't mean that we're making those deliveries. So, so yeah, you know, oh, you have low numbers of vitamin D, let's add more numbers of vitamin D. Cool. But what if there is an inflammatory process in your life? What if you're not getting enough sun? What if you're not coordinating your circadian rhythm with the sun? Okay. And we got to remember when we take UV light into our skin and we convert it into a hormone because vitamin D is actually a hormone. Um, there are side processes and reactions that are happening that we haven't even studied. So that's why it's so necessary to kind of make an effort, okay, in order for us to be able to get as much of that natural, and then when necessary, supplement. Excellent. You know? yeah. Um, but 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 yeah, you know. So, uh, you know, I I I probably had the most stressful year of my life. Okay, uh, like overwhelming stress type. I'm a type A, you know, when I, when I <laughs> wanted to go into medicine, you know, you know, I started in a level one trauma center for kids in Orlando, right. Florida. You yeah. know, shout out to Arnold Palmer, bunch of heroes out there, you know? Uh, and then when I decided to become a doctor, I went into medicine. Okay. And in the middle of a global pandemic, I decided to open my own business. Okay? <laughs> That's how much I like stress. That's right. <laughs> you know, uh, so, so, you know, back in March, uh, no, May 10th, my dad's 70th birthday, he was diagnosed with cancer. Okay. Uh, you know, to go under, you know, uh, under sedation or whatever, there's options that you can log it into a website and order yourself and screen yourself. You know, uh, those screenings, you know, prevention, you know, one ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, thankfully my dad's was caught, caught really, really early and, uh, you know, they did a surgery. They took out a portion of his colon. They put it back together. He is technically cancer free. It was very, very early, you know, so I'm getting ready to, uh, to fly to Brownsville, Texas to be with my dad for his surgery. There you so go. I was going to, I was scheduled to fly on a Thursday, you know, I was scheduled to fly on a Thursday and my landlord calls me on Monday. Hey, I'm selling your apartment. Uh, in the middle of like a downturn in the economy, interest rates are going up. <laughs> the market is all time high, and my dad has cancer. Yeah, you know, oh. uh, and and listen, it was overwhelming, and I learned so much about myself in those two months about my stress, about how to manage my stress, and you know things that I do for acute stress, you know, when, you know, it's all nice and cool so, whenever you're talking about like, yeah, just be zen, <laughs> you know, but sometimes, you know, hey. there are supplements that you can take. Yeah. Yeah. So th th this is perfect. Uh, I want to run some ideas by you and with what you've been through, I'd love to get your take on this. So, and I'm yeah. sure in your practice, you notice this, we notice this, we've been working with people individual for eight years and we have lots and lots of success stories people that started with us eight years ago they're still around you know healthier than ever but all of a sudden we started hearing from those people that they weren't quite as healthy as they were 
they were starting to see some issues again. And we thought, okay, you know, it happens. People slip off, you know, the way they're eating. They fall back into old habits. We should be able to figure this out pretty quick. So we we have a screening tool we use called the NutriQ. We just ask about a lot of symptoms. Uh, what we started noticing was if we really dug into the NutriQ, what was changing for everybody was all stress-related. It was all HPA access stuff. Yeah. You, you could see it pretty clearly yeah. in symptoms. And, you know, when we saw that, we thought, well, you know, that makes sense. Look at what happened in the world. I mean, this is a really stressful time. So we started thinking, yeah. okay, um, yeah. you know, we've helped people before. We have to figure this out. What, what can we do? So I took the traditional approach that I've read about, heard about, watched. The, the approach that we take for stress seems to be to avoid stress. Almost everything I read yeah. about stress <laughs> is how to avoid it. You know, be more Zen-like. We need to, and, and I was saying it, you need to meditate. You need to learn how to meditate and you need to be more mindful. And we <laughs> wrote courses on meditation and mindfulness. And I realized this isn't helping anybody. And then I looked at my own health and what was going on in my own life. And I thought, I meditate a lot. I do this stuff. I, it doesn't seem to be helping. So I started thinking, what are, we, what are we getting wrong about this? And then it kind of clicked. And I thought, trying to improve our stress by avoiding stress is kind of like trying to run a marathon by avoiding running. You, this is a horrible approach. Yeah. We, we can't just avoid stress. First off, you might as well skip the modern world. Because if you think you're going to avoid stress, yeah, you're well, going to have yeah. to go live alone out in the woods somewhere. <laughs> and guess what? That's still going to be stressful, too, and, and just in a different way. And, and that's stressful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no so, listen, you know, I thrive. I thrive on stress. And there are people, genetic freaks, all this type A personalities, <laughs> you know, that we, we well, seek it out. And it's necessary as long as it's not overwhelming. So here's, yeah, exactly. So here's kind of what I came up with that first off, all stress is physical. And I don't think we think of it that way. You know, we think of mental stress, but ultimately, and the way we think about things can cause stress. We could call that mental stress, but ultimately the results of that stress are always physical, right? It, it, yeah. if, if, in, 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 in which way, you know, so, so let me, let me, uh, I'm, I'm going to drive your point home. Okay. Let's think about a juicy cheeseburger with, you know, uh, bacon and, you know, perfect fries. You know, you start salivating <laughs> thinking about right. a burger. Okay. Right. So, so whenever something happens, okay. Whenever something happens in our life, whether we crush our hand or we receive some sad news or, you know, or maybe we're just watching a new show on TV that is super aggressive and whatever. There is a hormone called cortisol that starts flowing through your veins and you're in, in, in you start getting physically stressed. It could be the most minute thing. Oh my, you know, I broke up with my girlfriend or whatever, you know, and that's going to cause that, Emotional stuff is going to cause 
physical stuff that we completely understand and is completely 100% related to the HPA axis. So yes, stress is physical. Yeah, so we we keep approaching it as though it is completely mental. Like every piece of advice about stress is avoiding it and it's all mental. What I really the way the best way I could describe it is I now look at stress the same way we look at a muscle. It's, so I even refer to it as the stress muscle. And if we try, again, we could go back to the same analogy about running. If we think we're going to get physically stronger by avoiding resistance, that's ignorant. We would never think that, but that's what we do with stress. We think we're going to get better at dealing with it by avoiding it. Now, if you're totally stressed, we do need to go avoid it. I'm not saying these things aren't valuable, meditation or mindfulness or taking a walk out in nature. They are. But we, if that's all we do, we won't be able to live in the modern world very successfully because we, we can avoid stress, but we can't handle it physically. So just like we would build a muscle by working it out, by by pushing it to the point where it fails, we actually, that muscle then says, I-, I failed. I need to figure out a way to be able to do this. And our muscle gets stronger because we keep, we could even use the word stressing it. We keep stressing that muscle until it fails and yeah. then it grows. And I don't know why we don't appro- approach stress the exact same way. We need to build our stress muscle by targeting that muscle and stressing it, our, our stress, we need to create specific kinds of stress. And then that strengthens our stress muscle. Now we can deal with it better. And I just, I don't find that and, approach and, anywhere. And, you know, and to add to your, to your theory, okay, which is super sound, you know, uh, there are two types of stressors. There are stressors that we can control and there are stressors that we cannot control. Okay. On the side of stressors that we cannot control are deadlines are things that are going to keep our jobs. You know, for example, if you have to work shift work, you know, you're not going to tell your boss, yeah, guess what? You know, I got to protect my circadian rhythm. I'm (laughs) going to go to bed at eight. See ya. You know, (laughs) no, no, you know, but, but a lot of times, okay. There are stressors that we can control, okay, that we abuse. For example, when I was in medical school, uh, we had these weeks where, you know, you had 12 final exams in one week. Right. And if you failed one of those exams, you had to repeat the whole year, okay? That's pretty stressful. Uh, not only are you, you know... Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, and not only are you losing, you know, money, which whatever, you know, it's a renewable resource, you're losing time, which is our only non-renewable resource we have in this world, okay? and we cannot replace it. So the amount of stress was stratospheric, you know, <laughs> and um, I couldn't tell my, my professors, oh, guess what, I'm a little stressed out, dude, so I'm not going to take the exam today. No, right. you know. But I would hear people, I would hear my, you know, my colleagues say, oh, I'm so stressed out. I'm going to, I'm going to eat a pint of ice cream, you know, right. That's stress that you, that you're bringing into your life, you know, 
And you know, when when the stress in my life becomes bigger and I, I a little bit un, I'm unable to handle it, okay. The first thing that I do is I eat the cleanest that I can. Yeah. Because that is something that is going to take some stress away from my plate. You know, uh, you know, sometimes I have deadlines and maybe I'm going to go to bed late and then have to wake up really early. Okay, I cannot change that, you know. But if I'm really, really stressed and I have the ability to do my meditation, right. to do, you know, right. those are things that are going to buffer a little bit of that, of that stress, you know. Yeah. Um, let me tell you what the biggest thing that I eliminated, you know, during this super stressful period that I had, you know, and something that I was maybe relying a little bit too much on, and that was alcohol. Yes. Uh, I noticed that I was maybe, I was maybe, yeah, I, I was maybe drinking a little bit too much. You know, I was using it to kind of like relax myself and kind of disassociate. And, you know, it's so cool, you know, like, oh my God, you know, just have a beer during the game right. or whatever, you know, yeah. but when you, but alcohol registers in your body as an acute poison, you know, and it goes directly into your liver and your liver starts detoxifying it, okay? And you satisfy some of your caloric needs with this thing that burns first, your alcohol, okay? Forget about burning any carbs that you had that day. Forget about burning any extra fats that you ate, you know? So you are basically slowly poisoning yourself. Your liver starts to freak out, starts detoxifying it, and now none of the other calories you ate are going to be processed in the same manner, you know? And when I was in those moments of the most stress I had, you know, I eliminated alcohol completely, okay? And now it's a practice that I have that I try to be very, very mindful of, you know, drinking. You know, I love to have a drink with my family. I love right. to have a drink with my right. friends but I respect it so much more. And that is, that was a big lesson. That was my yeah, biggest that, lesson for this year. I, I had that same lesson, took the same approach. I, you know, have been a wine drinker <laughs> for years prior to drinking wine. I used to drink beer and I even brewed my own. Um, I'll tell you the two numbers that I tracked that convinced me that alcohol needs to be a very, very small part of my life. Um, I should save it for very special yeah. occasions. I, I, I've said I probably won't quit completely, but it's going to be a pretty rare thing when it used to be a really common thing. The two numbers yeah. I tracked that shocked yeah. me, um, blood sugar with the continuous glucose monitor and HRV yeah. and alcohol. Oh, my goodness. Alcohol just makes a mess of all of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Now, how do you track your HRV? Um, with a Garmin watch. So, um, you know, Garmin's pretty big into the wearables. Uh, a lot of people don't talk about Garmin yeah. for wearables. We talk about Fitbit, Aura. Um, Garmin leads everybody in wearables. It's just insane. So they even... Oh, they, they were the first ones, yeah. Yeah, and Garmin's been 
you know, one of the few that creates specific devices for, say, scuba divers. You know, they have a watch just for scuba divers yeah. or skydivers or people who ride bikes. Or So we actually worked with Garmin and we created a wearable device for truck drivers specifically. Wow. Yeah. What do so, you track? You know, well, you know, so uh, can, can, I, can I say brand? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sure. Yeah, so 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 I got I uh, you know I got uh, an aura ring, you know yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I, you know I have three of them. Um, yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite device for the HRV. You know that's my, yeah. uh, it, it, but that is the only thing I use it for. I only use it for HRV. I use everything else on another wearable. You know, uh, but it gave me some of the best information. And so, it helped me track I, my stress. Let me tell you then. So all I have three auras. It's a long story behind why I have three of them. But um, they're, I haven't worn them in months uh, since the latest update on the Garmin. So I did compare both. And that's what I used to wear the aura for, just the HRV. Because it was the best device I could find that was tracking HRV. The new Garmin watches are... Not only do they give us the raw HRV score like Aura does, it tracks a seven-day moving average for us. It tracks whether it's balanced or unbalanced. And uh, there was something else. It um, Oh, then it uses that data, and they created two other measurements. One they call body battery which kind of gives us an idea how much kind of stored energy we have. And the other one, I can look at my watch and see an instant stress reading. Mm. And that was how I developed the protocol around stress. Cause I said, the whole point is if we're going to deal with stress better, we have to build our stress muscle. Well, how do we do that? How, how do I know if I'm building my stress muscle or if, if maybe I'm tearing it down? We could overdo this, right? And we could end up in worse shape. Oh, definitely. Yeah. In fact, yeah. People, yeah. people who would go after this, like you said, yeah, type A, we want to make everything better. We're probably likely to overdo this thing and, and end up in worse shape. But the watch allowed me to really pinpoint. So I actually came up with four things that if you do them pretty consistently, you build your stress muscle pretty quick. We, we can see results in HRV in less than 10 days. Pretty significant results. Mm. So here are the four things. And I, I do them, I try to do them all at once and most days I can. So it's the Wim Hof breathing and the Wim Hof cold exposure, yeah. both of those, uh, infrared sauna and short duration, high intensity um, resistance training. So we're using a yeah. device called an X3 bar with bands because super easy for our drivers to have it in the truck with them. But basically my, my routine is I do my Wim Hof breathing in the infrared sauna. So in 20 minutes, I get in four rounds of breathing. Oh, and in my infrared sauna, I've also put in a red light bar that has the other frequencies of red light, far and mid infrared. So I do that all at once. That's 20 minutes. I get out of that and I do a 10-minute resistance training workout with the X3 bar. Uh, 
And then I take a cold shower. I just finish with the cold shower. That almost the whole time I'm doing that, my stress is peaked out at 90 to 100. And 100 is, is maximum stress. Um, the whole time I'm doing it, I'm yeah. peaked out. But every day I can see that my body battery doesn't deplete quite so fast. We're building that stress muscle. Yeah, and in like like you said, you know, all of those, you know, all of those things are going to, you know, be affecting circadian rhythm entertainment. You know, it's going to be able to allow your circadian rhythm to kind of intertwine with our natural rhythms. You know, um, one thing you know that I'm not going to forgive myself if I if, if, if we don't talk about this, you know, before we end our call is that we are about to hit the most stressful part of the year, starting with my Dallas Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving <laughs> and breaking my heart again, <laughs> all the way to January 1st. So on average, in the United States, we gain around eight pounds of body weight during this period. And once uh, January 1st hits, and everyone and their mom is ready to start losing weight and diet, you know, we lose about three to five. So we end up with a surplus of, of, um, of pounds, you know, and that's why we end up gaining weight year after year after year, you know? So I want to challenge anyone that's listening. Okay. That we come up with like a 30 day cleanse or a 30 day challenge for yourself. Try to try to schedule it before October 26th and go from October 26th until November 26th. Maybe we, we do like a, a no, no drinking, you know, yeah. or maybe we do something like, uh, you know, maybe we cook all our meals and we don't go out and eat. Maybe we don't take out any, you know, we don't do any fast food for the next 30 days. Maybe you do a whole challenge where you go 30 days and you are reading a book and exercising every day. And, you know, but let's do something so we can go through that period of Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's Eve and New Year's and come out out of that on skate, you know, uh, because uh, it, this is, this is the time to try to mitigate our future selves during yeah. Christmas and all yeah. the holidays. Yeah, and and why is it that uh, that same time period is you know what we call flu season? Now I guess we'll be calling it flu slash COVID season. Uh, and you know we always kind of said, well, it's the weather and you're stuck inside, but that's not true because you can look around the world at places where the weather is totally different. I mean, even where you are. I mean, you don't have the same weather that I yeah. have in Oregon. In the wintertime, it's hard to get outside here in Oregon. In the wintertime, you go outside probably more than you do in the summertime in Arizona. That's good, most definitely. Most definitely, yeah. No, uh, and, and, and there are variations, you know, here in Arizona during the, during the summer, you do see an, an uptick in infection, like an infection like RSV, which is a very yeah. common, you know, common right. cold kind of, situation you know because you are inside a sick building and you are exposing yourself to people inside a building and stuff like that but yeah no the stress of the you know of 
having to, you know, visit family, having to, you know, and, and I, you know, speaking of stress and, and to tie it back to where we started, you know, um, and with mental health, I was talking to a, to a psychiatrist friend of mine and we were discussing, you know, we we're discussing cases and I was telling him, you know, I had been seeing a little bit more, um, people with like, uh, insomnia and, you know, and the mental health issues in the past four or five months than I ever did since I started practice. And he said, you know, you know what you're seeing? You're seeing the, the ripple effects of PTSD from this pandemic that we just experienced. Yeah. You know, people being isolated and now having to go, you know, in, in socialize again, people that lost people, uh, people that, you know, uh, stress in, you know, the, 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 the ripple effects of what's happened to the economy. And, you know, and I think that next year it's going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot more, uh, cases of, uh, breakdowns and, and, and depression and insomnia and things that are related, uh, to the, the, this PTSD that we're going to have to finally confront. You know, that's interesting. I completely agree with that. I think this is going to get worse before it gets better. And I think like almost everything else, the traditional medical systems approach is going to fail miserably. Um, and didn't we just, wasn't there a big paper that just came out recently about serotonin and that serotonin probably isn't responsible for anxiety and depression the way we thought it was. And why are we prescribing all of these SSRIs then? Yeah. Yeah, no, because we don't know, you know, because we don't know. Someone had a great idea. We tried it. Uh, and you know, it has helped some people, you know, there are some people that do benefit from, you know, from, uh, some of this, uh, medications, but it's not that silver bullet that we were looking like planning, you know, it's not the penicillin for, for mental health, you know, and, and I think that, and, and I think that it's a multifactorial, you know, problem, and we are going to have to exercise those muscles. Uh, and, and that's what's going to make us robust and resilient and be able to handle in, in you know, all of this uh, mental health issues. You know, going back to the, the physical part of this, that, that stress really is all physical. I mean, there are mental triggers for stress, lots of them, but the, the, the result is always a physical response that is causing problems. And it seems to me like, again, studying HRV, um, I, I think is kind of the key. And it seems to me like people who are physically stronger handle stress much better. You know, I, one of the companies I was oh, working yeah. with, this was a couple of years ago when the only way we were measuring HRV back then was chest straps. Uh, I was working with a software company yeah. that was developing software for HRV. And one of the other people that was working with them was Ben Greenfield. Um, are you familiar with um, mm. He's, you know. A, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a friend of mine, yeah. Yeah, so you know Ben. So, his, so I was seeing his yeah, yeah, HRV numbers, and, you know, his HRV numbers were incredible. I mean, they were crazy high, but he's physically strong. I mean, in every way, you know, cardiovascular, muscle strength, endurance, everything. And... 
I, I think that's really, we again, we always seem to think about stress as a mental process. And we have to be mentally stronger. And I, I think that's a mistake. I think we need to look at it physically first. Well, and, 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 and you got to, you know, like going back to stressors that you can't control and you cannot control, you know, having a little bit of extra pounds is a stressor on your body. Right. And we might not think of it. We might, you know, uh, not being able to, you know, uh, as we age, not being able to get up from our recliner. Okay. Uh, that's a stressor. And how do we fix that? Will we make automatic recliners that are going to <laughs> lift you up and put you on your feet? You know? Yeah, <laughs> so right. again, you know, we are solving uh. the problem. We're solving the problem, but we're not solving the root problem of sarcopenia or muscle loss. We create crutches. We create shortcuts to help us, you know, uh, build that gap. Okay. But in reality, uh, you know, in, in many cultures around the world where people sit on the floor to have dinner and have conversations, you know, or squat, you know, to, to have a conversation and that's a normal resting position. Guess what? They're going to look at those recliners that lift you up and they're going to roll their eyes. <laughs> right. You know, so, right. so but it, they started working those muscles at an early age. Their whole lifestyle. It builds those muscles. Yeah. When we lived as hunter-gatherers or, yeah. you know, that the, the, everything about that kept us physically strong. Here's the other thing I, I got looking at. When you look at the four uh, practices in the protocol, whether it's the breathing, the cold, the hot, the resistance, every one of those makes us really uncomfortable. That heat, that extreme yeah. <laughs> heat that drives our stress through the roof, that's not comfortable. That cold shower is yeah. horribly uncomfortable. Pushing my muscle to the point that it actually fails, that hurts. That's uncomfortable. Even the breathing. When you breathe oh, you like know, that, I, I... Even meditation. It, you're right. It, so, yeah. but look at it, what it, we it, do. You know, what's more uncomfortable... It, Go ahead. You know, what, what's more uncomfortable than being alone with your own thoughts? You know? <laughs> Good point. You're right. You're right. It is, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. All of these things take us out of our comfort zone. And what do we do as a society? We do everything we can. We fight to stay comfortable. We fight. We keep our house yeah. and our car and our office at a perfect 70 degrees so we're nice and comfortable. We sleep when we're nice and comfortable. Everything we do in life, we seek comfort. And the problem is, in today's I'm modern gonna, world, you, you, can, you can achieve uh -huh. total comfort all day long if you yes. choose to, but you will become very, very weak if you do that. Yeah, you know, uh, going from working at an office, you know, to global pandemic and having to set up a home office, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I have a standing desk at my house. I'm probably going to have more movement. Was I completely wrong? You know, I, and I, ever since, I've strived to make my house as uncomfortable as possible. <laughs> so I only have one piece, well, two pieces of furniture. 
I have a couch that is very low to the ground and kind of uncomfortable. And I have a bed. Outside of that, you know, I try to eat standing up. I have a standing desk. I have, you know, but, you know, going back, one of the biggest successes in comfort is, is the refrigerator. You know, we don't have to go hunting. You know, it, it saves calories, you know, and, and we think of this, you know, of, of we, we romanticize, you know, our hunter-gatherer friends or, 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 or this idea that, you know, hunter-gathering or whatever, you know, our ancestors would be so envious of us that we can just get off and go grab, you know, some, you know, pepperonis from the fridge, you know? Right. So, so not only are we, are we super comfortable, you know, we are creating these adaptations to conserve calories because calories were like it right. as our hunter gatherers. Right. So if, you, if we were to take one of our ancestors and we put it in a more envir- modern environment, they would gain so much weight and they would be so happy, you know, <laughs> but now we understand why. We understand why it is bad for us in our current environment because there is no move. Right. No discomfort. We do everything we can to avoid no discomfort. discomfort. Right. Everything is comfortable. Yeah. yeah and from, it's killing From us. the shoes we wear to, to, to the furniture that we bring into our house. You know, everything is to make ourselves more comfortable. See. And it is killing us. You know, here, let's go back to sleep for a second. So in the last, so the first, uh, I'm going to be 60 next year. The first 50 years of my life, just about, it seemed to me there were two or three companies that made mattresses and they always made mattresses and you knew they made mattresses. And in the last 10 years, what the hell happened? There must be a hundred companies now that make mattresses. It's a big thing. They're all these different technologies. Yeah. No, we use air. No, we use purple stuff. No, and, and pillows. My God, somebody became a multimillionaire selling a pillow. The My Pillow guy. And yet, hey, nobody's sleeping any better. Doc Prescott is selling a number of mattresses. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's into the mattress business, and but nobody's sleeping any better. And then we look at our hunter-gatherer ancestors. They slept on the ground. And if you gave them a choice of a blue mattress and a ground, <laughs> I, I bet they would take the blue mattress, you know? Right. Uh, but the, right. The, the most important, what we can, what we can learn from that is that I, I think it's like, it's, you know, I, I tell people, especially here in Phoenix, that, that my idea that, uh, that, you know, rich folk like gold is that you can always go to the pro shop and upgrade something and maybe increase your ability a tiny little millimeter, you know? Right. You can always buy a better club. You can always buy a better shoe. You can always buy balls. You can always <laughs> buy everything, you know, except... You know, you're not practicing. You're not going out <laughs> right. there and hitting balls. Exactly. You know, that's not gonna, that's not right. gonna, you know, that would give you the return on investment of that. Right. Would be so much greater. You know. Uh, so, so my idea is the same thing with health. Oh my goodness, I have insomnia. I can't sleep. You know. Should I listen to uh, you know all this? You know, 
cold water and and the hot uh, method of breathing and you know and sauna. No, that's hard. You know what? I'm gonna buy a mattress. You know, so <laughs> exactly. You're right. Right. Buy, you know. It, yeah. It's it's easier. You know. The, the number one thing, you know, that we can do and something that you don't have to spend any money on, you know, for your for your sleeping and something that is an epidemic in an American household, take the damn TV off your room. If yes. you haven't done that, you know, you can buy the best mattress. You can do, you know, all your exercises or whatever, as long as you are poisoning yourself, you know, by the blue light getting into your room before you go to bed or listening to the news before you go to bed or you know, all of those things, you're not going to sleep well. Right. You know, uh, it, it, it's like the people that say, oh, I can have a cup of coffee at nine o'clock and fall asleep <laughs> normally right. and that doesn't affect me. Right. You know, I get so, worried about people that say that because you're consuming a chemical that is affecting your cortisol and is no longer affecting it. Right. So if that's the case, Dude, there's something wrong. Yeah, something's really broke. Right. They they, they almost, people look at that yeah. as almost like a badge of honor. Oh, no, I could have coffee right now. I'll sleep just fine. Well, first off, you're not sleeping fine. And if the coffee isn't Correct. affecting you, something's broken. It should affect you. It should keep yeah. you awake. That's it what should. it does. Right. Correct. Yeah. If it's not doing it, something's broke. You know, I said I read that article this morning about, you know, all this advice about sleep, all this sleep hygiene and these rules and procedures and do this in the morning and do this in the afternoon. And and the the analogy they gave, and it really makes sense to me, you know, those little Chinese string things where you stick your fingers in there and your thumb. And when you try to pull your hands apart, the harder you try to pull apart, the tighter they get. That's that was the analogy. That's what yeah. we're doing with sleep. We're just trying too hard, and it's stressing us out. Yeah, yeah. And in, in, in one of the things that I learned with my with my wearable was that I was waking up, and the first thing that I was doing is, "What's my score?" You know, <laughs> right. and my score was kind of crappy. <laughs> right. And my score was kind of crappy. That said, my day was ruined. You know. Yeah. And now I've learned. You know, I've learned to keep it as a trend. You know, I, I check it a little bit later in the day. I check with myself first. How do I feel? How, you know, it, it, you know, did I sleep well? You know, like a mental kind of like list. And then I check my score and I correlate it to my symptoms. But yeah, you know, we, it, it, we can geek out with all this technology. We can geek out with all of this. And in the end, you know, it could be causing us more stress right. and it's solving. <laughs> right. So one of the other things I want to talk about before I uh, cut you loose today, I know you deal a lot with thyroid, right? It's one of your areas of specialty. Um, yeah, I went into endocrinology because, you know, sometimes we can have a perfect lifestyle, but if our physiology is not where it needs to be, then that lifestyle is not going to do anything for you. So think of it as two gears. You know, you can have one gear working perfectly, your lifestyle. But if your physiology is not ingrained, then nothing moves. You know, the classic, oh, you know, my husband, you know, stopped drinking beer. He lost 20 pounds. And then the wife is, you know, 
uh, hasn't touched a carb in three months, you know, it's no <laughs> right. longer drinking alcohol, yeah, right. is doing exercise every day, and she gained one pound. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> yep. We, exactly. So, um, yes, thyroid so, is very important. Yeah, and that whole hor- it, this is all hormones we're talking about, the whole access. So have you seen in the last couple of years that that's gotten significantly worse, seeing more cases, more severe cases? How's that changing? What I have seen is that um, people are savvier about asking their doctor for testing, okay? People are, are identifying that, you know, we have two types of people, the people that became ultra-conscious about this, their health during the, the pandemic and the people that just threw it all away. The people that became ultra healthy and started, you know, cooking at home more and minding, you know, their carbohydrates and, you know, all of that, were doing all of these things and then, you know, they weren't getting the results that other people were getting. So then they start investigating and they figured out there must be something wrong physiologically. So they go to their primary and their primary either rolls their eyes and they say, oh, you know, get away from Dr. Google. Uh, and then they end up seeking someone like me. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. yes, I, I have seen, I have seen more than anything, uh, awareness, awareness of minding their numbers and, and more, uh, people are savvy. People are savvy and, and, and people learning on their own and being able to identify and kind of triage. Uh, so I think that you, to answer your question, I think that these problems have always been there, but they were ignored because we didn't have the time to self-evaluate. Yeah, interesting. So, you know, I kind of, um, I, and I think the same thing, I've, I've watched this pattern. I, you know, you talked about some people just threw their health away during this time. Other people got hyper-focused on it and started to improve it. I said the same thing. We we saw that happening. I liken it to the 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 same way we talk about money sometimes. You know that phrase that um, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Yeah, and it's actually true. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can look at this country. That's absolutely yeah. happening. It's been happening for a long time. The rich are getting much richer. The poor are getting poorer. I mean, we have homeless camps everywhere, and the middle class is disappearing. Yeah. We've always, you know, kind of said that as though there's some sort of conspiracy going on, right? I mean, we say it as though, oh, wait a minute, the, the rules of the game must be, somebody must be cheating or, well, here's all it really is. I mean, it, it's total common sense when you look at it. If somebody figures out how to become rich, whatever that takes, whether it's a certain job or a certain skill uh, managing money a certain way. Once they figure it out, why would they ever change? Well, of course they're going to continue to get richer <laughs> throughout their life, right? If you figured out how to become wealthier than you used to be, next week I'll be wealthier than I was last week. Once you figure that out, why would you ever stop doing those things? You wouldn't. So it makes sense that those people get richer over time. Well, and if you're Getting poorer, you must be doing something wrong around money, whatever it is. And if 
you are doing those things and something doesn't come along to change it, you're going to continue to get poorer. You're doing the same thing that made you poor in the first place. So it's not a big conspiracy theory. It's just our actions every day. Health, I think, is health is the new money when it comes to this. The people who are actively oh, going you know, out and yeah. seeking information to be healthier and doing it are getting healthier, and the rest of the population is just getting sicker because they keep eating the same industrial food, they keep going to the same traditional doctors and getting the same standard American drugs and standard American diseases, and it, it's, it's not a conspiracy, it's just what we do every day. And, and just like with, you know, one of the things I talk about, you know, is that once I discovered that I could, you know, fix my health, okay, by going out to the outside of the conventional system, I started doing the same thing with my finances, it, right? you know, but it took self-determination to, to seek this information. I was like, oh, dude, I can, I can control my health. I bet I could control my finances. <laughs> right. You know? um, right. But, you know. There are, you know, there are institutions and there are, you know, uh, you know, people don't want the middle class and they do things to prevent, you know, uh, people from empowering themselves, yeah, you know, by many ways, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, and, and, and I, that could be a little controversial. So, so I'm going to skip it and I'm going <laughs> to relate it to help. Okay. You know, uh, because, because, you know, companies have incentives to continue selling crap food that is easily produced, that is highly caloric and low in nutritional value. So, so those same institutions that are keeping people poor, you know, uh, are keeping people unhealthy. And, and it is tough to wake up one day and realize that sometimes the cards are against us. Yeah. <laughs> and we really have to move the needle and, and go out of our way in order for us to to change the outcome of the game. Yes. You know? well and it said. takes a lot of patience and diligence. And it's not easy. And it's very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Well said. Now, let's uh, let's talk about the uh, the effort to stop us from doing this. You kind of touched on it a little bit, and you're right. We could spend the rest of the day talking about why that might exist, but um, it's getting worse, clearly. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the latest round of government guidelines around nutrition, the food score. No, I haven't, actually. Oh, you need to go look this up. Uh, you know, I, it, oh, yeah, you need to go look this up. You know, it's, it's funny, you know. Go ahead. Because I, I tell people, I tell people that, you know, it's like, uh, like, for example, uh, in the, in, I live in a bubble of health, you know, so the people that are coming in to, to see me are not like, Hey, I need to quit smoking. You know, it's like, it's, it's more like, Hey, I am very, fairly healthy and I want to optimize myself. So I, sometimes I lose, uh, you know, myself because I am so into this health <laughs> aspect that you know yeah. that I that I miss. Oh, let, let me, the horrible thing yeah, that are happening in nutrition. Let, oh, you you gotta you have to go look at this. Not that I want to stress you out, but uh, 
I know that you're working on building your stress <laughs> muscles, so you'll be fine with this. So, you know, we went through the food pyramid and then my plate. This is the next yep. version of that from the government. They haven't finalized this yet, but they've had some, um, there's been a lot of activity on it just the last couple of months. Let me give you, so now what they do instead of, you know, a pyramid or a plate, now there is a food scoring system. So now you just randomly look up food and see what its score is. Let me give you an example of two mm-hmm. items and how they rank, and you'll know what's going on here. So they, if you were to look up the score of a, an egg substitute cooked in margarine, that scores higher, much higher, significantly higher than a real egg cooked in butter. Mm-hmm. Cheerios, yeah. Yeah, no, Cheer- and, 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 Cheerios score higher. No, Fruit Loops. Let's make it even more fun. Fruit Loops score higher than ground beef. Well, well, is, you know, is, and, 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 and this is this is where where if we, you know, sometimes you know if we let the government <laughs> in and try to control things. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is and, what and, we get. Know, and, and, and I don't want to be, this is what we get. And, and, and that's why, okay, I am so against uh, taxing sugary drinks. Yes. You know, I, I, I don't want the government in Mexico and, you know, but I don't want that because if, you know, they, they would start with sugar and the very next thing they would add an extra tax to would be fat. Uh, exactly. Okay. Right. And and, yeah. and 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 then they would make some sort of uh, of rule that oh, but if it's contain if it contains you know health, heart healthy grains, <laughs> right. that we don't do the you know that we don't do the tax. You know, you're exactly right. So then right. we would disenfranchise. You know, we would disenfranchise so many people that are doing things for their health. You know, for example, you know, and and, and we can get into our own. Uh, we can stumble ourselves, you know, trying to do healthy things. You know, for example, I was having a conversation in Los Angeles. I was, you know, I was at a conference and, and, and I was telling, you know, we're talking about vegan diet for kids. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's, you know, approaching levels of child abuse to feed a vegan diet to a growing kid. Okay. Because you are depriving them from B vitamins, you are depriving them from DHA, you are depriving them from EPA, you know, and you are doing it as a health, you know, for health, you know. And then on the same conversation, I said, and, and it was controversial, and we were at the table, and people like kind of like stopped eating and looked at me, and I said, it is more responsible to fit, feed a kid the standard American diet. And to feed a kid a vegan diet. Yes, yeah. and, and is that is sad? That <laughs> it, it, yeah. And the reason is because at least grains are fortified. Yeah, they have <laughs> uh, the you know the the fake vitamins, you know, right. the synthetics. But but at least they're fortified, and you're going to at least get a little bit more nutrition out of the standard American diet at a higher caloric cost. Right. So now we have a, a you know uh, a, a kids that are going to be overweight, 
you know, but at least their brain is not going to stop developing. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it it, it is so scary. It is so scary to think in in this way, you know. Uh, I wish kids, you know, and and, and it it starts with us. We cannot rely on the government to come in and try to fix the system. Exactly. I think that, uh, and I don't have kids, so I don't have any answers, you know, but I think that one of the first things that we could do in order for us to advance society in the right way would be to eliminate child menus. You know, you know, because if you look at children's menus, it's going to be mostly chicken tenders and soft foods, right. you know, carbs, 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 and, you know, and as if kids couldn't eat steak and eggs, exactly. as if kids right. couldn't have a salad, you know, so it starts at home. It starts, you know, with teaching our kids at an early age that food is delicious and, and we should be able to, uh, to eat the same as the adults. Yeah. Good point. Good point. All right. Guillermo, I have enjoyed this thoroughly. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us again. You know, you mentioned this idea of a challenge around this holiday season. Maybe we should get together and talk about that. We've been thinking about doing some sort of a challenge. We've been thinking about putting our, our stress protocol out there as part of the challenge. Let's, uh, let's talk about that. Maybe we can come up with something good. Hey, let, let's do it. You know, let's, let's do it. You know, we can put something quick and dirty, you yeah. know, uh, and, yeah. and try to launch it. Before October 26th, okay, maybe maybe I'll jump into your Facebook if you have a Facebook group, you know. Oh, no, let me tell you, we, we know, have, once a week or. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so we used to have a Facebook group and we got tired of getting censored and banned and uh, because of the stuff <laughs> we talk about. It was constant. Because of what we talk about. You know, I was big into the vaccine. Uh, That was horrible every time I tried to talk about the vaccine. So we, uh, the group is kind of gone. We created our own. We moved off of the social media platform so we can't be censored and deleted and banned. Um, We created our own. Um, So... Yeah, I do want to get you in there. We need to, uh, it's a paid site. It's $3 a month. It's just so we can keep out the riffraff, but we'll get you in on an account. I'd love to have you in there. Um, just interacting with our people and answering questions. And we can use that site to actually run the challenge as well. So here's the site. I'm going to have, um, let's do it. Uh, I know we have several people listening, Brittany, Lisa, Angie, if somebody, um, I'm going to put, um, Dr. Ruiz back on hold if we could coordinate with them. So it's healthytribe.com is the website and we'll get you all set up in there. Um, I think we'll probably give you like uh, privileges as well. So uh, you can post and that sounds good. And then we'll just use this to organize this, uh, this challenge. And if it's quick and down and dirty, so what? Let's, That'll be good. Let's Let's do it. You know, let's do, let's, let's try to commit for 30 days from right before Thanksgiving to the day before Thanksgiving. And then let's enjoy Thanksgiving with our families Excellent. and, and, and hopefully lose a couple of pounds and start and then do another one on January 1st when everyone is back and ready to do it again. Love it. All right. 
Excellent awesome. stuff. Yeah, no, so, that, that would be great. All right. So I'm going to put you back on hold and then we're going to let you get on with the rest of your busy day. We'll be talking to you soon. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for having me. All right. In the meantime, be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.